We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hi friends, Kirk and Josh Bowe coming to you late night after a uh, Thursday night loss by the Dallas Mavericks as they got utterly exposed by the Oklahoma City Thunder, 116-108. to Josh, what's going on? Uh, it's okay. I feel you're, you are, you wrote the recap. It was a 9 p.m. local start. It's midnight where you're at. I, I'm feeling for you, man. I'm okay. I, I want to know if you're okay. I'm fine. It's just, you know, this is one of these games. The Mavericks are one and five now, I believe, on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, they've not won two straight this season on back-to-backs. They snapped a four-game winning streak. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know, and I'm sure everybody that does, the Mavericks opted to sit both Luka Doncic <clears throat> and Kristaps Porzingis for essentially rest reasons. Um, yeah, they didn't even hide it. I mean, it was rest. No, Rick pretty no, much they said didn't that hide pregame. It. Yeah, they didn't hide it. And our, our, uh, the, you know, our, our, our just to, I just want to get this out of the way because I've been thinking about it. There's the notion that the Mavericks know more than us, and we should just sort of accept that as fans, commentators, media, whatever. If the Mavs know more then they wouldn't have made some of the mistakes we've watched over the last decade. It is okay and actually quite prudent as fans to not accept everything that comes out of the Mavericks as being reasonable. Sitting Luka Doncic tonight was a mistake. Sitting Chris Stapps for Zingas and Luka Doncic was a definite mistake. They have a challenging schedule coming up and they, you know, this was a game that I feel one or both of those players would have put the Mavericks over the top. It would have been a different game. And I just don't understand 
the level of hubris that goes that comes from within this organization where they constantly play like they're or, or they behave as if they're a much better team than the record. I'm I wrote this in the recap. I'm willing to 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 kind of accept some of Mark Cuban's team PR that he's been putting out lately about how continuity and the Mavericks maybe they you know they just need time. I'm willing to accept that. But the problem is the Western Conference is hard and the Mavericks don't have a lot of room for error after the COVID stuff which they got screwed by. But the Mavericks are now are still sitting in in the 8th seed with teams right behind them. Every win is going to count as as they they head down this stretch and I feel like they're they're doing the same thing they did heading into the bubble last year where they accepted their fate and they cannot do that. They have to stop acting like they can control outside factors. It's going to drive me crazy. Yeah, I think you know, there's obviously like I'm not a doctor, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, I think when we question this stuff, it's not that we're trying to say that like science is wrong or all this, you know, all that's, you know, that's not what we're trying to do, but like the next five games are Denver Clippers, Clippers, uh, Portland, Portland. I mean, uh, so to kind of give this game away before it even started, which they kind of did. I mean, when you sit your two guys, that's kind of what you're, you're signaling. I mean, that's just disappointing. And the thing that, I would need like a much smarter person to, to explain this to me, but the Mavericks on February 14th play on a Sunday against the Portland trailblazers. They played a game and lost. uh, And then the winter storm hit Texas. They did not play basketball for another eight, seven or eight days. Uh, And then they came back and they played six games. Uh, One. Yes. They played six games and then had, another seven days off for the all-star break. So you're looking about 14, 13 days off in the span of like 25 days. Uh, It's a huge break in the NBA season, regardless of COVID, regardless of anything that just doesn't really happen. They had an all-star break the all-star break was their, their time off from the winter storm was longer than the all-star break. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like, and Luca only played in five of those games of those six games. So Luca played, Five games in 22 days, give or take. I did the math after they announced this. And, like, I understand injury prevention, and I understand that Luca played a lot of minutes in February, um, and they've had a short rotation. But I'm just wondering, like, how much rest does a 22-year-old guy need? Like, he got the rest. Like, if they didn't have – if they played all those games, if the winter storm didn't happen, if this was in the middle of April, like, I get it. I'm just, like – like how much rest does one guy need when he plays five games in 22 days? That's, it just feels a little outrageous to me. And, and I just, and part of this is I'm tired. You guys are going to have to bear with me. Like back are tough for old crappy writers and podcasters. These, these things start to wear me down. It's and, and you know, then you, you, they, they should have won this game. Because right. they think that the team that they have is better than the team that they actually are. And to get out, like, the Mavericks got outworked. They were down by 15 points for huge chunks of the game. And Rick Carlisle kept rolling out the same guys. 
you know, I, we before we started this, we watched him be an asshole to Tim Cato on the um, post game, where it, he essentially scoffs at the notion that he should have played the rookies because Tim. I asked, I, I sent Tim and you know, Tim didn't do it for me, of course, but I asked him to to ask this question uh, of of a factor because I want to know why the rookies didn't play because James Johnson is not working with the Mavericks this year. Uh, Trey Burke is borderline unplayable. Dwight Powell just doesn't have it this year. Maybe he'll, maybe he just needs more time coming back from injury. Willie Cauley Stein almost tanked the game for Dallas like twice. He's so bad. And, and it's, it's, this is who the Mavericks, like, we don't need to recap some of the same stuff we've been crushing them on all season. Cause again, they're two games above 500. This isn't the end of the world. A lot of people are going to say, oh, it's just one game. The Mavericks say, you know, this happens during the course of the season. I think there's some validity to that. So I'm trying to curb my frustration with a late night loss. But to hear at what point is is having these guys. Make no mistake. I think Josh Green sucks. I'm going (laughs) to need to see a lot from Josh Green. I'm going to need to see much change, something different. But, But I don't see what he was doing that was that decidedly different than what James Johnson was doing or, uh, you know, kind of any of the other players that they had that they're throwing out in the rotation. You know, he airballed a layup, missed in their shot, and had some fouls. Like, it was not great in the two minutes that Green was out there. But it's hard for a guy to get into a flow if you're constantly pulling the rug out from under him. And, and the, the, the decision-making, you know, when you, when you already as an organization, because, like, again, everybody's like, oh, Carlisle shouldn't have opted to sit Luca and Porzingis. Well, he didn't make that choice. That's, a, that's an... That's like a group decision by the, you know, the, the training staff, by Carlisle, probably by the front office to a certain degree, the analytics people. Like, there's a lot of things that go into those kind of big-time decisions. Um, but then you compound it by, by putting out this eight-man eight lineup when you go look at, at the box score, and it's really rough. Or I guess it's nine guys. They, they played Burke, Powell, Johnson, and Hardaway came, coming off the bench. So, but it just it, – it wasn't, you know – What's the point of calling these guys back from the G League if, if you're not going to play them at all? Like, I, I've been asking for, like, two or three or four minutes. And and I just – I don't understand it. It's really it, – it just kind of displays a, a sense of a team that thinks they're in a different place than they are. And I want to know what – like, where they think this, this big run is going to happen. Because I understand on paper the Mavericks still have a pretty easy schedule in the second half. But you go through the game by games, things don't get easy or – you know, quote easy until May. So I'm not, I'm just, I'm, I feel like I'm missing something is all. Yeah. I think like, I'm not too concerned necessarily about what happened in the game from the sense of like, like the result of not having Luca and Kristaps is kind of like, this is what I expected the team to play. Like, even like, I know a lot of people are like, well, they should beat an OKC team like this. And yeah, maybe they should, uh, maybe they should have been more competitive. Maybe they should. They should have been know, more competitive. Yeah. is what I wananted. Yeah, they Losing probably should. Is, is one thing. Yeah, they shouldn't have waited till the fourth quarter to actually, you know, make a run at it. Um, but like you look at a lot of these other top-heavy teams, like if the Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis and LeBron James, if the Celtics didn't have Jason sure. Tatum and, and like they're gonna look, they're gonna look pretty bad. So like this stuff that like trying to break down this game like that doesn't make me mad it's all the stuff that goes around it like you know you said about luke and kp sitting and then the rookie's not playing and for me it's not even the rookie's not playing because i think that they're going to contribute and they would have won them the game Uh, there's a very 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 good chance that if the if josh green 
uh, Tyler Bay uh, played more minutes, you know, played somewhere between 15 to 20 minutes or, or 10 to 10 to 15. Mavericks might have lost by 25 points. Uh, but you know what? They still lost. Um, so the fact that they basically like, hey, they conceded the game before it even started. You know, you sit, yeah. you sit your two guys and they're not hurt. It's for rest. You're saying, okay, the result of this game is not important to us. What matters is long-term, right? Because you don't, mm-hmm. if, you, if you care about winning the game, then you play those two guys. So don't right. talk to me about, oh, well, the Mavericks still want to try. Yeah, of course they do. But if they want to win, then you, then you play one of them. You play Luka. Once you right. sit them, you're basically addressing that the future matters more than this individual game on March 11th against their crappy Thunder team. Like, you've conceded and- that. And so if you've done that, why not? You're playing with house money in the sense that you've already conceded this game in a way. Just throw out green for 15 minutes. If he plays terribly, who cares? You are you lost this game anyway. Yeah. Like, you got to see what these guys have. You know, he was the 18th. I know that, like, non-lottery picks – it's a crapshoot, but he was he wasn't the the 30th pick. He wasn't the 28th pick. He was 18th pick. That's not like nothing. Like you got to see what you have in in that asset. Like it like what's the point of having draft picks if if this is the result? Like I understand that they're not going to play when Luca's Kristaps are here and the playoffs and normal like that's fine. That doesn't bug me. And seeing what they did in the G League does not necessarily like sway me. Like oh look, they're missing out. Like I am a realist. I get it. But like in this game, in this scenario, and they still can't play. Like what are we doing here? I don't get it. I well, don't get it. and then I, I feel insult into injury in that the Thunder played. All of their guys, including Theo Maladon, who was a second-round pick. I think he's a second-round pick. I know um, Lauren uh, Gunn on our site wrote a really glowing draft preview of him. And, yeah, and looking round back, two, 30, 34th pick overall. Looking looking back on it, she just nailed a lot of what she wrote about him, um, which, you know, draft stuff is, is really difficult. And then there was uh, Pokshevsky, who simply looked like i mean just a chaos engine 14 points eight rebounds three assists two blocks two turnovers all over the floor just the exact kind of like horror show player on both good and bad but just like beer stakes and oklahoma city let let them play through it and 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 he made the dagger three he made the dagger three (laughs) i mean block any block bronson too um at the at the rim on one of the drives after uh really you know kind of reestablished dominance after the Mavs had come all the way back in and to see like that that just that's extra pain because Carl won't let players do that and and a lot of the time I really do understand it I don't get it tonight because the Mavericks made lots of mistakes they once again continue to treat Dorian Finney-Smith like he's a defensive stopper where he was on Shea way too much. I I just don't understand this. You know, friend of the show, Bobby Corrala, kind of got at me last night and said, you know, you keep talking about Dorian Finney-Smith and, and you know, you're using his undrafted thing like it's a knock against him. I don't mean to. What I use it for is that the expectation that an undrafted player can continue to improve at the rate that the Mavericks need him to is unfair to him. He is getting put in positions 
over and over again where he gets exposed for just not being good enough. He is a fine player, but 35 minutes for Dorian Finney-Smith, basically, I'm just going to go check his minutes totals, but he, yeah, he's playing over the last 10 games, 34 minutes a game, which I, if I were to go look at the minutes totals, is probably the second highest on the team behind Luka. That's just, it's too much for him. Right, and, there's, and also, there's just these little, go oh, sorry, go ahead. Mm-mm. I'm I'm going to keep going. I can just oh, rant forever. You know me. I was just gonna, I just wanted I just wanted to interject though. Our our uh, site writer Jordan made the really good point. You talked about Dorian playing all these minutes. Okay, so Luke and KP get their rest, but where where does Finney Smith? Where does Kiba? Oh, yeah. Where where does Hardaway? Uh, where does Richardson? Where does Brunson? Like when do they get minutes off? And that goes right back into why don't you play the rookie some more? And you you know you like. Like, yes, Luka and KP got the night off, but Finney Smith did not. Brunson did not. Richardson did not. They all played 30-plus minutes. uh, And they're presumably not, you know, I don't know when they're going to get games off. Who knows? Because they're going to be relied on to play when when Luka and KP need a rest, which Carl hinted at in the pregame. Like, hey, this is going to happen some more because guess what? They have nine more back-to-backs to close out this season. So when are they going to get a rest? Isn't that why you have you draft you have the 18th overall pick on your roster and you have a guy that you traded a draft pick you know you traded Seth Curry for uh, you know not all the way but you know he was part of that deal like obviously you see that as an important asset to some degree but I don't know I don't know man it's it's very frustrating because the Mavericks got beat in a lot of the areas where they won the night before. They got beat on the boards. They were plus they were they were minus eighteen on the boards. They gave up sixteen offensive rebounds. And if if you, know, you look at like the Mavs center slash big man rotation, you know Dorian led the team in rebounding with eight. Hardaway was second with six. You know, Boban gets five in five minutes, but, you know, the it's hard to explain to people that don't really get basketball why Boban can't play, but that was not a good Boban game. You know, Powell has four and 12, which is fine. Collie Stein was just, he's just not, when he's not in it, you can tell within the first few minutes. And it was, it was just very frustrating. You know, Kleba, a lot of it, a lot of asked of Kleba, but Kleba is not, you know, Maybe one day there's there's going to be kind of a return to form for him on both sides of the ball, but right now he's almost purely a a offensive three point threat and then a pretty good wing defender. He is not a good post defender and he can't rebound the ball for anything right now. And he really has never been that good of a rebounder. But there was one of the putbacks by I think his name was uh, Jerome. Yeah, like like Jerome had had a had a clutch kind of offensive rebound. And, and put back that was key in the game. And you watch the tape and Maxi just lets the guy go get the board. And it's this sort of stuff just happens night in and night out. And I think it's no small part because some of these guys are really ground down. I, it, this is just confusing. It's too yeah. long of a season. They know what's going to happen. It's, 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 I don't, I, it's, I don't like it. And like, like if it they, all. <laughs> and, I, and I think our attitude would be significantly different. Like if they lost, like, it's so weird that, you know, they lost by eight. Uh, but if they would have lost by like 21, but Josh Green and Tyler Bay each played like 15 minutes, I think we would, our tune, like, cause then we'd be like, okay, this at least makes sense. Like there's a logic there's a right. there's a logic a from A to B to C. Loss. Right. Yeah. Like you could see the you could see the plan. 
you can see, okay, guys, we're gonna we're gonna concede, we're gonna sit Luca, we're gonna get some rest, we're gonna play our young guys, and we'll see what happens. But when it's like we're gonna we're gonna concede the game, we're gonna sit Luca and KP, but but we're still gonna try to win, and we're gonna play everyone else as much as we can. And we're not gonna give the rookies any time, and we still lost. And it's like, what did you like? What did you get out of this game? Like Brunson had another good scoring night, which was nice. Uh, Richardson had by far his best game of the season offensively, 27 points on 15 shots, six assists, two turnovers. Like, boy, they could use they could use that Richardson uh, when Luke and KP are back. Obviously, he's not going to get that many shots, but uh, just the fact that he can make you know, he just has to make them uh, three or five from three was like the oasis in the desert for him with his three point shooting season. So that was nice. But like, just felt like they threw away the game and, and we didn't even get. You know, like we didn't get anything out of it. Like it, it was it. It just it just felt gross uh, with yeah. how well the Mavericks have been playing. And maybe so that's they, like they looked an really good last night. They looked yeah, they really did. good last night. I, I in retrospect, I don't think we talked last night enough about how the Luca KP closing the door together Huge. aspect doesn't. Ha- it just doesn't happen that often. And they because they don't need you know when they're winning they don't need it to but like watching them both roll at the same time was so awesome, and then to go and immediately having a game like this is just it's really it's really off putting and then to then you know listen to Rick after the game to hear Mark Cuban this morning on first take just the constant deluge of bullshit that these guys feed us on why we're actually the dumb ones for questioning them is what drives me nuts it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It's been 20 years of this, and the Mavericks have been blessed with Dirk and Luka, but just there, there's moments where I really lose my patience with the thought that we're not seeing the whole picture. I think sometimes they're right. I'm, you know, Mavs draft called me, not me specifically, but people like me, like prisoners of the moment last night, and, and there's something to that. That's what being a fan is about. It's living game to game and enjoying the games, and when you're told that the games don't matter, which the NBA has a real problem with, and then the Mavericks over, you know, going back to last offseason or last season, you know, heading into the bubble with how they played and didn't finish, and then this sort of stuff, which I hope doesn't become a, a trend because they haven't really done it as much this year. There's the Bulls game, and then there's this game where that, that stand out in my mind. I don't want it to become that sort of thing because I want the Mavericks to try to win every freaking game. That's what this is now. They're not good enough for that sort of thing otherwise. Dude, what if it's two months later and they are the seventh seed and they're not and they miss the sixth seed by one game or two games or a game or like a half game or just there's going to be a lot of that. Yeah, it's like that's 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 not a that's what that's sucks. Not a, yeah, it, and, it, and it's going to be a thing where, you know, once again, you and I are told that we're too mean, we're too negative, uh, that nobody could have known this. And it's just like, guys, play probabilities, like go gambling, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is how this is how thing works. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Before we get out of here, because I could tell we're probably winding down because I think those were the major sure. takes we wanted to get out. I will say <laughs> it's kind of funny. We didn't really talk about the game that much. Uh, because I mean, I really think what we talked about matter was that was the story. Um, sure. I will say my one takeaway from the game, and the thing that like really concerned me is even though the Mavericks outscored the Thunder thirty four twenty seven in the fourth quarter, the first seven minutes of the quarter, the Thunder had one starter on the floor, and it wasn't uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and it wasn't Al Horford. I think it mm-hmm. was 
um, Mal- Maladon. I think it was Maladon. Yeah. He was the only starter on the floor for the first seven minutes of the fourth quarter. And the Mavericks had Richardson, Hardaway, Kleba, Brunson. At least those guys were on the floor the whole time. And they couldn't get the lead down to single digits. <laughs> um like if you cannot make a dent in the lead, you know, if you cannot make a major dent in the lead against like Isaiah Roby and you know Jerome and Moses Brown, um like <laughs> I think there's some like that was alarming a little bit. Uh Kenrich well, Williams. It's the, playing, like, it's the playing hard thing. I I I the Mavericks don't consistently play hard. They just don't. And, and, and Jalen Brunson kind of talks about this in their post game where it's like, we've got to bring it from the opening tip, yada, yada, yada. And it all plays into those things that we've already hit on where maybe they, maybe they're just, you know, I, I get being tired uh, in, in yeah. theory. I don't know. They this, outscored, is just, this is one of the, <laughs> they outscored the thunder after the first quarter, which I think goes to show like what Brunson's saying, right. About bringing it like right. from start to finish. Right. Cause if, if they only, dude, they lost the first quarter 35 to 19. I mean, they lose the quarter yep. 35 to, to 32 or 27 to 25. They win the game. Yes. So that that's in true. terms of, yeah, in terms of talking about the game, that's, that's the one part that annoyed me. Like, the, like the, that they could not, that their best players past Luca and Kristaps could not get the game back under control against the Thunder's bench. Uh, and it's really funny. They actually got back into the game after uh, SGA and Horford checked back in. Because, and it was funny because, like, Horford, he tore them up through three quarters. And the fourth quarter, he was just kind of like, all right. Like, it, it, they did, the Thunder did not want to win that game in the final uh, five minutes. Uh, and, and the Mavericks stormed back. You know, credit to them for doing that. But, yeah, that, the first seven minutes of the, the fourth quarter, like, were really scary to me in a, in a – like existential crisis sort of way. We, well, <laughs> all right. So we have a couple of things. We have a couple of things that are going to go up tomorrow. Uh, we have a piece on Luca that our, 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 uh, our guy, David Trink wrote, which I'm interested in. I'm going to probably host the locker room during like right after maybe lunchtime uh, tomorrow you know, Midwest time. So I'll, I'll put up a, a piece on that probably early in the morning, just so I can remind people. But if you're listening to this, you know, early in the morning, pop in or, you know what, shoot me a question on Twitter. Um, there's a lot of, of, of good stuff going on. So, all right, this has been, uh, you know, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. We're having a, a real fun time on here. So why don't we <laughs> uh, do it again in a couple of days because the Mavericks have, there's no rest for the wicked. They play somebody. I want to say it's Denver Saturday night. Yes, they do. Denver Saturday night. All right. Uh, A, Oh my God. Am I looking at this right? Is that a 10 PM local start for you? Yeah. It's a, yeah. Yeah. All these games are six, six of them in a row that are 9 PM or later. I was talking about it with, uh, with Bibbs who is also an East coast guy and, and we're both sad. But he's at least young. I'm old. (laughs) All right. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. Please rate, subscribe, tell us that you like us or that you don't. I like that feedback too. Uh, With another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark, and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.